Welcome to the Get Out of Here Baldy Podcast. This is episode 35, April 4th, 2023. This week's Baldy of the Week is Eli Coyote Mandel. Eli is responsible for writing a manifesto for bald people. Ben and Aaron talk about their favorite articles in this manifesto. We talk about, in this day in history, in this week, the events of Holy Week leading up to Maundy Thursday and Good Friday. So we talk about the events of Palm Sunday and what happens on Monday and Tuesday, since these are days that are a little less known than the others in the Holy Week schedule. We talk a little bit about Pastor Ben's message last week at Wyatt Park Christian Church as we have finished our series going through the book of Ecclesiastes. We hope that you have a blessed and reflective Holy Week as you celebrate the events that led up to Jesus' death and resurrection. Grace and peace to you, friends. And now, let's go get this bread. They're Ben and Aaron, and they love sharing about their love for Jesus and food covered in cheeses. Weird news, history, sports regaled from a generation raised playing Oregon Trail. National celebrations almost every day. There's only one thing I have to say. Don't you point or stare at their lack of hair. Yes, they're follically challenged, so sing along with the biblical Baldy Ballad. Get out of here, Baldy. Get out of here, Baldy. If you don't know what I mean, read 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 23. Get out of here, Baldy. Get out of here, Baldy. If you don't know what I mean, if you don't know what I mean, come and take a listen to your two bald kings. What's up, Baldy Nation? How are you doing, buddies? It is Tuesday, and we are recording episode 35 of the Get Out of Here Baldy podcast. I am your host, Aaron Michaud, and I'm joined by, as always, Pastor... And scholar Ben Hitzfield. You're a gentleman and a scholar. <laughs> you have many leather-bound books. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I know mine are all digital. I just don't look. This is the problem with modern offices. Yeah. It's like I don't look. I'm not that intelligent anyway, but like I can't impress anyone with like, oh, did you read all those I was, books? I was gonna say that's a pretty big bookshelf for a lot of. You're just kind of empty. You have a lot of decorations. There. Yeah, there. a lot of decorations. But what do you do? Yeah. You know, most of those pastors don't read those books that you're they right. on the shelf. You're right. You're just more honest. So I thank you. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, family, um, it is Holy Week, and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But first, we've got to highlight our Baldy of the Week, Eli Coyote Mandel. That's a great name. It is a great name. And I had no idea who this guy was, but um, we'll talk about why I'm bringing him up here in a second. But first, uh, this guy, he's an, a comedian, improviser, and actor hailing from the small foothill community of O'Neill's, California, just outside Yosemite National Park. He studied theater at UC Santa Cruz before coming to Chicago, where he understudied for the Second City Touring Company and the Second City Main Stage. He also wrote for Saturday Night Live in 2018 mm. and 2019. 
Not my favorite years of Saturday Night Live, so I don't know if I like him as a writer or not. But anyway, <laughs> the reason I wanted to highlight him is I ran into a piece that he did for the New Yorker called the Bald Manifesto. And so we've got twenty. I don't. I don't really even want to talk about Eli. I just thought we'd we'd go through picking out the ones we like. Yeah. Um, and there, so there's no rhyme or reason to this. Perfect. You just pick one, and then okay. I'll I'll pick one, and All we'll right. have some fun. Uh, number. Uh, well, I mean, number one, I, th- yeah. I think is important. It is. If I am to wear a baseball cap, it is not out. It shall not be out of shame, but rather out of pride for my team. Mm. So we're not trying to cover anything up. No, that's right. There's you, nothing to cover up. You got your K State cap. I've seen. Yeah, it. yeah, and and really, if nothing else, it's so I don't get sunburnt. How that's, do you feel about visors? Uh, no, I mean, because the usual, only reason why I wear a cap is to, just to either okay. protect my head protect. from the sun. So at the, but it <laughs> it's kind of pointless. It's kind of pointless. Yeah. <laughs> it is one of those things where it's yeah. like you could show off the bald pride and okay. the support for your team at the same time. <laughs> so you, you may be changing my mind on Vibe. We'll have now, to, I don't so. know, we'll have to. <laughs> just letting the we'll, bald head, just know. letting it air out, you know. So. That's right. Okay. If, if, yeah. Okay. No shame. Yeah. All right, uh, I'm going to go ahead and do number two here. I swear to keep my remaining hair trim and tight until I turn 45, at which all bets are off. Ponytails, ahoy. (laughs) And so, so I don't know, I turned 40, so I got five years where I just got to keep this thing shorn tight, (laughs) and then I can go with the, like, crusty mullet. (laughs) Do you have anybody in mind that you're thinking of? I mean, just anyone that's sort of, like, uh, this describes them well? That um, they embrace the ponytail. God, I mean, it, I guess anyone that I hide my children from. <laughs> this is that's probably it. I don't know. I think we had some scout masters. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. We're going to leave uh, that where it lies. Uh, Hello. <laughs> that, but, you know, it, it is it is kind of kind of uh, one of those things that um, it, you read. Well, I guess I'll wait for, for another one. Okay, so, here yeah. we go. What do you got? Um, th- so this is number three. I promise never to spend more than $30 on a haircut. It makes everyone uncomfortable, especially barbers who must pretend to cut hair long after they've completed their actual duties. Now, here's the thing. I haven't even been to a barber shop for ever since I started because I just have my own razor and I do it myself. Dude, can you think of the amount of money we have saved over the decades? You know what, I'm gonna, you know what I'm going to start doing? Every time I shave my head... I'm going to put twenty dollars in the savings account. Say twenty, or maybe maybe twenty five for inflation, right? There you go. I don't know. So, but yeah, I don't know. I think that's... maybe that this this could be a way we raise money for something. We got to come up with a cause. There you go. And we could we could challenge bald people. Ooh. Every time you cut your hair, oh, wow. give towards this cause, and see if we can get it to catch yeah. on. Millions of people, I'm sure. I don't know. It's Interesting. I think. Hey, let's let's. Uh, if you have some ideas on that, let us know because maybe. If you're if you're bald and paying for a haircut, just stop. I, <laughs> just stop. Come on. Mm-hmm. It's one of the benefits <laughs> of being bald. <laughs> if I see another baldy on the street, I shall give him a hearty nod. I love that. There it is. Did, did you practice? No, there it is. Yeah. Just let it sh- let the sun shine <laughs> off your. It's like we're signaling one another. That's right. right. That's, right. <laughs> That's good. Um, Thirteen in England, they call bald guys lollipop men. There you go. I, so, do I like that? I don't know. It's one of those English words that probably sounds better when you're in England. Yeah, probably in. in I find it kind here of here like, in the United States. My less of a man. There's sort of a yeah. 
I like this uh, this one called uh, "If You Look Seventy When You're 30, People Will Think You Look Thirty <laughs> at Seventy." This is known as the Patrick Stewart Law. <laughs> That's great. That is great. And having talked about Patrick Stewart uh, not too long ago, like, yeah. that's perfect. That's right. We look wow. younger as we age. We paid for it early. Awesome? Yeah. Yeah. I live, I've looked 40 for two decades, Gosh, but... It's been... I remember seeing the, the wedding video of, of the videographer up in the balcony of the church, and I was looking down on this head that I didn't recognize, because my, my bald patch back there was just really... Mm. Show and man, and it was catching all the light and stuff, and I was like, "Oh my, that's my, that's the back of my head." Like I hadn't <laughs> seen that before, that angle before. Uh, and and at first, I will say it was very, um, it, it it was disorienting. Sure, um, but man, I've just been, I've come around uh, to it. I'm not I'm not fully bald, but I've embraced the bald lifestyle. <laughs> so it is. Um, have faith that your face is interested. This is number. Oh, maybe. Oh, this is twelve. This is 12? I, I, I'm I not good at the uh, Roman the numerals. <laughs> Roman numerals. You said 8 was 13. That okay. Was, oh, shucks. Okay. Have faith that your face is interesting enough to carry the metaphoric weight of your head. <laughs> so we don't have to have hair that distracts us, you know, other people from the conversation there. So I love it. A number of these here. Um, I like to uh, – I'll do these two together. So get used to the phrase covered ear to toe in hair. Nice. <laughs> Took me a while to get that one. I was like, oh, head to toe, I get it. Awesome. Here to toe. And then uh, one like it. Remove the phrase from your vocabulary. I'm going to let my hair down. <laughs> Instead, say, about to raise some scalp. About to raise some scalp. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, 13 is uh, a question one. I, I kind of will posit this um, where he's getting this at, but he says, um, I'm fairly certain the Bible explicitly states that God is a bald dude. Hairy Renaissance painters reinterpreted this owing to their bias. What's he talking about? I'm not sure. Like, if there actually is a verse. This guy is clearly not a Bible scholar. I guess not. Is the Sistine Chapel God bald on that one? I don't th- I think he's got some white locks, maybe. White locks. Mm-hmm. Let me look yeah, up. But usually that's what, like, the mental image of God in the sky is this... Guy with a white, white beard and white flowing flower. hair, yeah. But he could be past forty-five, where he's just got the bald crown, and then he could. the long white part comes over he the rest. He could. That would be the better way to depict it. That would be epic. Let's see here. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's see. The Sistine Chapel. Oh yeah. Look at that. Look at that hair. Isn't that gorgeous? That is just gorgeous. Oh yeah. That's not even like. Mm. Looks like Zeus to me. Yeah. So there uh, you go. Yeah. I don't else? know. You have any other ones here? Um, let's see. On first dates, resist the... So this is for our young bald men. Mm. Okay. On first dates, resist the urge to show pictures of yourself from high school. It does the opposite of what you want it to. <laughs> there yeah, you go. That's, that's a good, good warning. Um, they weren't disappointed, and then they were. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number 19... It is not sad. In fact, it's quite useful to carry a handkerchief for the express purpose of dabbing your sweaty scalp in the summer months. That's been mm. the, one of the hardest adjustments for me is when I sweat and I do sweat. I have like a, like a handkerchief ready to go, and I always forget. And there's just nothing worse than standing up there, and you're, you're trying to preach. You're trying to look at your notes, and you got sweat just dripping in your and – and then it looks like you're crying, and it's just – it's a terrible – You know, our, our church is – Pretty chill. I bet you you could wear a headband while preaching, and no one would give you a hard time about it. 
Maybe, maybe uh, <laughs> I'll have one ready to go just in case, and, and you know, and get a laugh try. at first, and then uh, yeah. listen. It doesn't happen all the time, but when it does, it is not. It is not fun. What else you got? Uh, number twenty-one. Like, people assume that being bald makes you a better swimmer, which it might. You're more aerodynamic yeah, in the water, that. and that's. Um, I mean, and they put on caps that basically, you know, make you bald. Mm-hmm. Um, he says this is untrue, which I don't know if it is, but mm. he says it also makes you a better lover, mm. which okay. I don't know if our wives would weigh in on that or not. <laughs> Let's not have them do that. I mean, they don't listen anyway, so it's, it's all good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They're not going to hear this. For, uh, number 26. And this, this is my last one. Um, okay. But, uh, and I think this is so important. He said, judge, those, judge not those who have yet to embrace their journey into baldness. They are brave <laughs> warriors fighting a futile war with Rogaine as their sword that comb over as their shield. In time, they shall understand that the only victory is defeat. And in that defeat, acceptance. They will know their battle was a personal chrysalis from which they emerge a new being. LeBron, we are waiting for you on the other <laughs> side. Oh my gosh! Now, there's there's gospel undertones. There to is, that. yeah. I was gonna say so. Maybe there, maybe he's got a little little. You know, uh, he's dabbled in the church or something. He's, there. he's just enough something. to be dangerous. But yeah, I think that's important. There. I mean, yeah, judge not those who have yet to embrace their journey. Because uh, you know, for me, it took it took a little bit to embrace it. Um, there's pictures of me in, in, in Bastrop where I was certainly like, I'm gonna go out with 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 a with a. I mean, I, I grew up my hair and was styling it and all, all sorts of things and uh so and it's been in really ever since uh, right before we moved from texas uh, maybe about a year last year or two that we lived or maybe no 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 maybe, i think it was until we moved to manhattan that i fully I- embraced it and was like i'm just shaving it from here on out and i shave it every saturday well i didn't shave it this saturday this past saturday night i know you're I was, looking a little yeah long. i got some i got some hair on there but you most saturday nights that is part of my routine, my routine. yeah love it well, thank you, Eli Coyote Mandel, for the Bald Manifesto. Yeah. We might have to write one of our own one of these days. Let's do that. I think I could do better. I think so. I like some of Probably. the articles. I see. think so. All right, National Celebration and this day in history. We're just going to do Holy Week here. I That's great. Really good. Works out well. Um, and I thought maybe keying in on the early part of the week, yeah. uh, you know, Thursday and Sunday get a lot of press with Monday, Thursday, and then Good Friday, hmm. and then obviously Easter Sunday. Uh, but it's in the biblical material on the early part of the week. The reason it doesn't get a lot of press is a little scant. Yeah. But I thought we could just kind of talk sure. a little bit about what was happening early on in the week. Yeah. So this Sunday was Palm Sunday. Um, any part of that day that like you just really enjoy? Um, I'll tell you what. The the last two years uh, since we came to Wyatt Park, one of one of the things that has brought the biggest smile to my face. Mm. Has been the march down the center, and yeah. I've I've seen that in numerous churches, but for some reason, this these last two years, these mar- these kids coming down the aisle with some of them had, had these you know kind of cloth fabrics and yeah. stuff, you know, uh, and the other ones had had their palms, and it just brought the biggest smile to to my face, um, and so I, I love that. Um, I don't know why we just think it's only for kids, right? Sure. I mean, like as, as if adults are too mature to, to do something like that, you know. But it's still it's it's a pretty cool little just a symbolization, you know, of of, of that event. 
Yeah, you, and uh, so my sons, I, like uh, my wife, didn't make them do it. Like they, <laughs> sure, they were asked, sure. "Do you want to do this?" And they're like, "No." no. I'm like, "What?" <laughs> you know, like I, I was giving them a hard time in the front row. I'm like, "You guys should be up there." <laughs> Um, but I was thinking, you know, one of the ways we, could, we maybe we should uh, bring this back around later in the week yeah. is to have the children march down the aisle on Good Friday and then scream "Crucify Him." <laughs> and I think I think I could get Asa to do that one. Maybe. I mean, it would be it, yeah. Go and collect the palms and then. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. yeah, that would that would really. I mean, it would tie the two events together. So. It is. I mean, but it is really like yeah. I love the Palm Sunday again, yeah. the procession of yeah. Jesus in, and uh, again that Zechariah passage that uh, is kind of fulfilled on that day. Yeah, and um, he again Jesus after he gets into Jerusalem, he reminds everybody, hey, this week is going to result in my death. It's not what you think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then he uh, goes to the temple and starts teaching and mm. uh making some Pharisees not too happy with him. Yeah. Brian Zond in his his message <clears throat> on Sunday uh talked about how this was the first time in the gospels where Jesus is really like he's letting the claims of his messiahship and his kingship mm. just stick. You know, there's all right. these other times where uh he'll do a healing and then and tell people to Hold off Quite just down just down. a little bit here, um, and so. But in this case, uh, people tell Jesus, "Tell your followers to to quit shouting these things," you know. And and Jesus says, "If if they stop, then the very rocks will cry out." And so, part of that is like, this is that that time. It wasn't mm-hmm. just an ordinary day, but it was like everything. So many things are being fulfilled in that moment. And if humans didn't cry out and shout Hosanna, then Creation would have found a way to, to fill in for for humans. So I thought that was a pretty cool uh, picture of what's going on on Palm Sunday. Well, and it's interesting. Like I know I don't, and I haven't done the math in a while, but I know a lot of people will connect that event to you know some pieces of Daniel. Oh yeah. And yeah. Pe- people get real weird into the numbers, like saying sure. it's like down to the day or whatever. Sure. And, and it's close. I don't know. I've done the math. It kind of depends when you think what year Jesus rode in on. But it was it's kind of like one of those things, too, where it's like these crowds aren't just ignorant to deceived masses. It's like they're reading their Bible. Sure. They're reading Zechariah. They're yeah. reading Daniel. Right. And they're anticipating that uh, the Messianic king will come. Yep. And these guys who are supposedly scholars in their Bibles are missing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I always something? find that interesting. Yeah. 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 I mean, because it's what, what Jesus comes riding in on, it, 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 was, it was all foretold, like you said, yeah. in Zechariah. And every part of that... If you go back and, and read the counterpart in the Old Testament, it's like, oh, that's that's what's happening, or at least that's what Jesus is trying. You know, if, for the skeptic, they would say, "I see what he's trying to do." You yeah, know? <laughs> so, well, but for them to miss that because Zerubbabel and who was the priest during that time? I can't remember. Mm. But I love Zechariah because that book. It's like you get this melding of the priest king. Yeah, and so yep. it's very fitting as he comes in to Jerusalem, both as the messianic king, but also the the great high priest who's going to give himself as a sacrifice as a priest. It's like, that thing is rich with imagery there, for sure. I love it. Palm Sunday. All right, we got uh, Holy Monday. Does that one have a special name? I'm sure it does, um, but it escapes me at the minute. Let me pull up my Google machine. I know Tuesday is like, they they kind of put Judas's betrayal there a lot of the time. Oh, well, that's, yeah, I don't know if it has a specific little... 
Okay, Palm Sunday, Holy Monday, okay. Holy Tuesday, okay. Holy Monday. Okay. Right. <laughs> and it's Holy, 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 and then you get to Good Friday Ho- or Monday, oh, Thursday. Holy, 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 Ben. Oh, wow. They probably Monday, did that on purpose. Tuesday, Wednesday, then you have Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday. Well, okay, so some call it uh, Black Saturday, mm. but I like Holy Saturday better. Or wait for it Saturday, or mm. all the earth groan Saturday, whatever. Mm. Man. So Good. Holy Monday. Hey. So Jesus, he's on his way to the temple, sees a fig tree. Sees a fig tree. Denounces, <laughs> curses that fig tree. <laughs> That's such a good... What yeah. What's going on? Uh, it, you, know, you really have to look at that and, and see what Jesus is... So much of what he's doing is critiquing um, the the people of his day, yep. you know, um, the, the fruitfulness of... of uh, the nation of Israel and uh, their expectation to be fruitful, to multiply, to be a blessing as they were blessed, and and so in in a sense this is a, another point where Jesus condemns um, the the lack thereof, yeah. um, especially for the religious leaders and for the the temple authorities. I yeah. mean, for for the common person, Jesus wasn't so much against them and pushing against them, but it was the ones who. Uh, controlled the power and gained so much wealth from their um, policies yeah. in the temple. Yeah, so if you've ever read your Bible and been like, what did that tree ever do to Jesus? <laughs> a, a fig tree <laughs> is an image in the prophets for the nation of Israel. Mm. And so, yeah, he just, yeah. he uh, again, he highlights the fact that they've got lots of outward show and appearance, but there's no true fruit that mm. they bear. Yeah. Um, and so that's what Jesus is up to. And then he walks into the temple, yeah, which wow. is kind of the pinnacle and center of this. And what does he see, Pastor? Yeah, I mean, he sees rampant um, an, an abuse mm-hmm. of, of the, this, the, this temple system of uh, exchanging money, mm-hmm. uh, where the, you had these, these folks who were on the periphery who uh, changing money out from different currencies and making money off of that and making money. I mean, it's like... They knew people were coming up to the temple to offer sacrifices, and so it'd be one thing for them to offer a dove or a goat or a sheep. But then it's like it's like when you go to Walmart and you're checking out, or any other store, and you're checking out, and there's all of these other things, you know, that are staring you in the face, yeah. um, whether it's candy or little knickknacks. I mean, how many times? And so that, in in a sense, you know, it's it's like the temple became a business, became a a place to to. to extort people, yeah. you know, instead of being a place where people can come and offer their sacrifices and, and to connect with God in, in an authentic way. Yeah. It's that, I mean, you get the pilgrims, right, who are coming yeah. a long ways off, and mm. rather than bring their their animal, they probably sold one and brought that cash. Right, right. But they would probably get Roman currency, and those couldn't be used in the temple because yeah. it has some sort of image mm-hmm. on it. So the temple leadership is going to gouge you on an exchange rate. Yep. And again, it's just, it's now you have System. the religious people preying on yeah. um, probably the, the people that are are the ones that are supposed to be protected and cared for and watched. And mm. it's funny how this will get kind of juxtaposed mm-hmm. in the book of Acts later, okay. how the church right cares for those people, the sure. oppressed, the disenfranchised, whereas, again, the, the current temple was extorting mm. them. So mm. Jesus goes in there, he flips over some tables, yeah. um, whips some animals, which I'm sure... <laughs> It made a mess of things. I'm sure it did. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if Jesus was wanting to keep a low profile, yeah. I mean, one, the parade into Jerusalem, and then this, I mean, it's it's kind of a um, double-headed 
monster right there. I mean, it's it's he's got the attention. This the is probably officials. where he's really not meeting people's expectations, yeah, right? He probably yeah, wants right, they right. want him to take it to Rome, and right. now he's taking it to, <laughs> to the yeah, religious to the leaders temple. of Israel, making a in the mess temple. in the temple. Yeah. yeah, I mean, why why isn't he out in the streets? And 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 I think you know also then you have such this uh, such a high presence of of Roman. Uh, military personnel and guards and stuff because they're just on the lookout for anything like this in particular where there's someone who is a potential revolutionary and causing a scene and that's bad for the temple officials and that's bad for for the uh, the, the Roman occupiers as well so yeah. it made everybody nervous <laughs> yeah. so yeah his teaching on Monday didn't make him any friends <laughs> on Tuesday right there now they're like we're gonna murder this guy yeah um, and so mm-hmm. Um, again, he just, uh, on Tuesday then, uh, he, he comes, they're back, on their way back to the temple for a third time, yeah. and the fig tree that he had cursed had withered. <laughs> um, and so uh, I think it's Peter that asks, mm. well, Jesus, this fig tree is withered. Um, mm. And he gives a little lesson about kind of the judgment of of Israel and, and kind of just saying, hey, because yeah. because this nation... Has again given that outward appearance, but hasn't bore fruit. Um, judgment is coming, yeah. and so that'll be kind of a, a little bit of a theme of his his Tuesday ministry. Mm. Um, and so he goes back into the t- uh, the temple and starts engaging in conversation again, mm. um, and not making any major uh, friends with the the Pharisees. I was going to say he really calls them out pretty pretty heavy. I mean, he oh, yeah. call them. Uh, <laughs> Whitewashed tombs and, yep. and serpents and brood um, of vipers. Brood you of, are the oh yeah, brood of vipers. Yeah, you Sun. are the seed of the serpent. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. 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 And they twice have twice the sons of hell or something along those lines. Yes. Uh, and it's like, let's see. Yeah. I think, and I don't know because a lot of the gospels aren't necessarily in order. So mm-hmm. it's you get like you see that John's barely mentioned on this list because I think a lot of his controversies. And John are kind of reordered, mm. but I think in, is it John eight where they're like, "We're the sons of Abraham." What are you like oh, yeah. talking about? And they, like, yeah. he flips it over and yeah. goes, "No, your father's the devil." Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> yes, and so these are the kinds of yeah. things that Jesus is saying that yeah. are again not making mm. uh, a lot of friends there. Mm. Um, and then he comes off and he gives what is known as kind of the all of it discourse. Um, I don't know, from memory, are you thinking, uh, can you think of anything that he says in there that you're like, oh, that's... Now, is that, um, all of a discourse, remind me... So he'll talk a lot about, um, again, the coming judgment, fall oh, of Jerusalem. yeah, 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 yeah. It, yeah, so, so the, you know, those are some interesting passages where, where Jesus uses some, some very, like the apocalyptic Clitic, yeah. language that is very rich with imagery and symbolism, and, and the big event that he's really talking about when, when, he, when he refers that this generation uh, comment is the fall of Jerusalem, yeah. the destruction of the temple. Now, could you take some of those and also put them beyond that to, to a future coming of the Son of Man? Absolutely. Um, uh, but at least for, for specifically the crowd that he's talking yeah. to there... Uh, he says all of these things are going to take place in this generation, and so, um, and so, just good to keep that in its first context because what are, what comes from those passages then are the uh, is the doctrine of uh, of the of the rapture. This idea that 
two two men will be in a field, sure. one taken. Um, and so, like, there's the song that was written back in the 70s, I wish we'd all been been ready. And it uses sure. those verses from Matthew and, and Luke and Mark um, that kind of make it appear that when Jesus comes back, there's going to be this rapture and people are just sucked off the face of the earth, when in fact the context is um, the Roman army uh, sweeping into Jerusalem right. and taking... you w- you want to be left behind? Yes, yes. <laughs> in in that instance, yes. it was actually the, the the rapture that saved the Christians um, that remembered what Jesus said was not a rapture of, of going up into the sky, um, but it was a rapture of them leaving Jerusalem because that's what Jesus tells them. He says, "When you see these things happening, he says, escape the city, leave right. the city." And uh, church history tells us that there's a little community called Pella. Um, that's outside of Jerusalem, up mm. on a mountainside, where these Christians, and it was sort of a fortified city, they went up into the mountain. They went up, they were raptured up into the mountains, and they were saved because they did what Jesus told them to do, that the Romans are going to come in and there's going to be destruction. And so um, so just good to keep that context in mind. But then again, yes, there there will be that fine. There are some Christians yeah. who would say everything that Jesus talked about was fulfilled in AD 70 when, when the uh, temple was destroyed, um, those who don't hold to, and that's called the preterist po- position, but yeah. those who, um, like ourselves, would say well, there's a final coming of the Son sure. of Man that has not yet happened, um, yeah. where that apocalyptic language in, in those those chapters are, are still meaningful for us. Um, I've always liked uh, Michael Gorman wrote yes. uh, reading Revelation responsibly. And I've applied yeah. some of his principles to texts like this, where he the, the both the preterist and the fully futurist view yeah. make the same interpretive error mm. of treating the yeah. text as a what does he say um, a code? Okay, yeah, to be deciphered. Sure. Versus treating it like a lens by which we see the world. Yeah. Um, and so, again, they, what they're doing is trying to connect it very specifically to uh, specific instances mm-hmm. versus seeing it through a lens of how things will unfold, sure. um, more generally speaking. And I think that's that's a good caution. I I really like, too, the, the part where Jesus, the disciples are like kind of marveling at the temple. Yeah, yeah. And Jesus yeah. goes, oh, you think that's awesome? Not one of these stones <laughs> will be left unturned. Yeah. Um, and, he, and then he also talks about, if you tear down this temple in three days, I'll rebuild it. Yes. Um, right. And th- those are mm. words that during his trial... Mm will get used as yeah. a witness against him right. um, later. That he's, he, yeah. he said he's going to tear down the temple as a yeah. way to say, this is a revolutionary that we need to be concerned about. Yeah, and it's inter- yeah. I, um, I, I remember reading, or maybe it was on tour in Israel, that like when Rome burned mm. the temple, that yeah. I guess the gold actually leaked down through the stones. So they did, like, they overturned them to, to get the gold out. That's interesting. Um, I also heard that that was what built the Colosseum. Oh, those or steps. Pay, so they would have for, taken. Paid, well, paid for. Uh-huh. So the the I don't wow. know if that's true. That in the timing of it, wow. I'd have to check on. But that is that is neat. It'd be interesting. Um, but I mean, really, you think about the destruction of the temple. That is such a huge. Uh, a lot of church historians would look at that and say um, that sort of Jesus' death on the cross is the beginning of of a new age, a new eon. That really, the destruction of the temple is sort of the. Final, like, okay, mm-hmm. now we are truly in this new yeah. because all of a sudden now there's no more sacrifices being done at the temple. And to since that day, 
there hasn't been a temple, there hasn't been a sacrificial right. system. And so um, for our, our friends who are Jewish who haven't come to believe in Jesus as Messiah, there, there is there. Mm. The, the, you have the the Western Wall, the the the, the more the, mm-hmm. the was it the Wailing Wall? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a, something that's that's deeply missing um, from from what their ancestors practiced, mm. and it's this big. You know, it's it's this thing that for for those who have come to recognize Jesus as Messiah, they could say, "Well, it makes sense. Mm. The sacrifice stopped because Jesus." Is the the one and, and final sacrifice, you know, and so it it, it does make me feel uh, for, for my Jewish friends mm-hmm. who, um, you know, maybe are, are still kind of wondering what's going to happen and, and and hoping that the sacrifice, the temple, would be rebuilt at some point, yeah. and, and of course, the next rebuilding will be when the, the heavens, the, when Jesus comes back and unites heaven and earth and recreates all things and. And there's there will, no need for a temple. There will be no need for a temple. Yeah, Jesus will, he is there. He's it. Yep. So cool. Yeah. Well, that's again. I love. That's why I love the that's early stuff. parts of Acts. Um, a lot of it is written, just showing the the church as the new temple. Yeah. All the things that the yeah. temple was supposed to accomplish. Yeah. The early church. Um, it's first Christians embody. Yeah. And it's just a really. I don't know. There's some beautiful theology there. That's cool. I love it. So Wednesday, so this gets a little speculative. Some yeah. some of the events um, here could be on Tuesday. Sure. Um, so Wednesday gets muddled. Uh, but again, Jesus goes back, continues his daily teaching in the temple complex, uh, which I love that they're still letting him in there. Yeah. Because the crazy got the crowds. Yeah. So they they're don't. on his side. So they, yeah. I forget if it's Tuesday or Wednesday where he. I think it's Tuesday where they try to trap him with John's back, or they try to ask him, you know, okay. um, and he goes, "Look, I'll I'll answer your question if you tell me, was John's baptism, you know, from heaven or not?" Yeah, and they're like, "We can't say heaven because then we should listen to him, but we can't say not because they'd burn this place to the ground if we did that." <laughs> and then he goes, "Then I'm not answering your question," and I mean. Yeah. I've been listening through the Gospels uh, in the last week or so. I'm o- almost through John now. Oh, I did. I finished John today. Nice. Um, I love that. I mean, that Gospel... Like, good. It's Matthew powerful. and Luke were yeah. my favorites. Sure. Um, after this read-through, John. Just like, so John is taking dude, the he top is spot. just... Yeah. Yeah. Everything Jesus says, yeah. is, there's a lot of conflict in John, and sure. so... Jesus ain't mincing words, and yeah. so it's like yeah. he just and the way he sets people up, like mm. the rhetoric, man. I it just it's so it's, good. it's a it's a yeah a narrative that is uh, obviously because it's so different than the other ones. Um, it just gives us a different view of like kind of taking that diamond and and mm-hmm. reading some of the same events and, and stories in, in a whole different light. Yeah, and see Jesus. Um, in a well, different and it's. Way. Like John has very little of the Galilee, mm-hmm. so it's all in Jerusalem. Yeah, so it's all right. clash sure. with the Pharisees, yep. like the whole gospel, pretty much the plot. Um, yeah. So like uh-huh. the tensions, uh, it's just it's tense the yeah. whole way through. Absolutely. It feels like. Um, mm. So if you're up for that sort of thing, that's good. Gospel of John. Yeah. Um, so and it's it's on this day. So either Judas betrayed Jesus on like Tuesday, uh, possibly Wednesday, but it's clear that the Sanhedrin. Um, really gets the plot um, to kill Jesus in order. So his constant, again, the the cleansing of the temple and then the constant teaching yeah. um, just gets the point to where they, they say this guy has to die. Yeah. Um, and so Wednesday is very ominous because mm. you can tell it's it's about to come yeah. to a head. Um, and so... Mm. 
What a, what a what a story, man. So yeah, and then if you want to know about the rest of Holy Week, um, yeah. again we're we'll be doing a little Seder Last Supper type of thing here at the church, and um, yeah, good it's going to be fantastic. Good Friday as a community, we're doing a good service there, and yeah. so yeah. again we'll cover the rest during the week here. It's going to so. be going to be fun, man. I love Holy Week. It's just uh, great to go through the through the motions, put ourselves in in the place of the disciples, and feel what they were feeling, you know, yeah. as we read the, the Gospels. I know we're into the week already. Do you have mm-hmm. any, like, devotional resources that you like to use for this time of year? I've used, um, there's a C.S. Lewis um, kind of uh, book on, on Easter and kind of breaks okay. up some of his his readings and stuff that I've used. Um, I'm currently finishing up the, the Crucifixion book, and that's sort of been my, my primary uh, text during Lent. Um, and I'm actually Monday uh, Thursday is when I finish uh, that book, and so what what a great yeah. <laughs> book to read during Lent, uh, talking about the crucifixion and and all of the different uh, ways that we can understand what Jesus did. How um, long was that book? Like eight hundred six hundred twelve pages, man. Okay. So it's been get ready for Easter, folks. Oh You're gonna gosh. get oh my gosh, it's been so much fun. Um, so, um, but yeah, uh, otherwise, um, I don't have anything that I've done uh, specifically other than like read through a gospel. Usually sure. on Holy Saturday, I'll pick a gospel and just sit down and, and read that, just the entire thing. Okay. Uh, and as we're kind of waiting for, you know, that's sort of usually um, the, the busyness mm-hmm. of the week that uh, obviously you still have Easter going on, but what makes Holy Week so, so fun and exciting is the added events, you know, whether mm-hmm. a church decides to do both Maundy, Thursday, and Good Friday. And I've been in churches that we did both, um, and then we would do a Easter sunrise and mm-hmm. then one or two services. And so it's just, it's a high energy, um, a lot of stuff going on. And so Holy Saturday is just a good day to kind of take your breath in between everything leading up to the to the tomb. And then it's just like a day just to, to relax. And just wait, hmm. just wait, and wait, and wait. I just, I Amen. can't wait. I can't wait till Easter, man. I Amen. can't wait till Easter, especially after going through, you know, Thursday and Friday and kind of doing those, going through those motions, you know. Amen. So, do you have anything that? Uh, uh, been so to that you? that little chart that I pulled is from um, the Final Days of Jesus by Andreas Kostenberger, and so basically it just starts with Palm Sunday, yeah. and. He'll, he'll kind of give you all the readings um, or breaks it up, kind of the major events with, with verse references where you, if you wanted to go check it out in Scripture and read them all. That's cool. Um, and so, yeah, I've just kind of been working through that. And, he, I mean, his commentary is uh, pretty pastoral and devotional, so it's not supposed to be overly... It's not, like, overly scholarly or mm. anything. So that's been kind of fun just to see kind of the summary of the events to get the feel of the story. Sure. So I've been appreciating using that. That's fun, yeah. Um, I've done that in the past, but the last few years I hadn't, so I so broke that So each day, kind of take a day and read those passages yeah. that align as much as possible with. Yeah. yeah. That's so, cool. Yeah. I like that. Okay, we awesome. finished. Yeah, sermon. Wow, yeah, Ecclesiastes. Dude, it, we, we wrapped we, it up. We did. So the end of the matter. And so I just, um, my yeah. first question is kind of with this last little piece as you kind of sat with the narrator and his yeah. conclusion, yeah. Um, what stuck with you most from this week? It was it was nice to hear from the narrator again. Um, but, you know, he really doesn't say anything new, really, from what, what the teacher says at different points in the, in the book. 
but it's good to have him come in and reinforce mm. that. The uh, the fact that um, really the, the teacher he's done us a good service. You mm. know, I mean, maybe to the <laughs> he's been through some heartache. You know, you would you would think uh, experimenting with all of these different pleasures and finding th- their end, whatever mm. they might be. And and so yeah, that's sort of really the, the big thing for me was like the narrators. Okay, all right. So do you guys just see what what the teacher mm. has done. <laughs> so learn from the teacher, right? Yeah, that's it. Do, do do as he he says, not as he did. You know, of course, that was one of the takeaways uh, for me. Um, in that he can say, it's not worth it. Mm. You know, um, to to look to anything, any pleasure in life, and to make it the ultimate happiness. Um, and of course. The, the thing that I think he's been he was good at saying is it, kind of pulling us back from this idea that there is no happiness whatsoever, but it's when those things become our ultimate fulfillment, our ultimate goals, yeah. the reason why we exist. Then we've lost sight of, of what it is to live, and that's to, to fear God, yeah. to be in relationship with God. I loved your illustration of the Amazon one-star reviews. Mm, mm. That was like I'm like that's that's why I love Ecclesiastes. Sure, because it's helpful. Yeah, reading one-star yeah. reviews isn't fun because you're reading about like how like awful or all the things that could go wrong with this product <laughs> or whatever. But it's so it's helpful to set yeah. my expectations right. Sure, and that's exactly what the the um, teacher is doing yeah. as he's kind of explored all these things. Yeah. Um, he's just giving you an honest take, like, mm-hmm. "Hey, this isn't gonna, right. this isn't gonna do what you think it's gonna do." Absolutely. And man, I'm like, I, that, yeah. it resonated with me because I am the guy. Like, a thing can be 4.8, and the ones that I'm reading <laughs> yeah, yeah. are the one star reviews. I want to know what went <laughs> wrong and why is this thing not 5.0. Exactly. Yes. Um, yeah. And so, That's good. yeah, I think that was really great because this life can be yeah. wonderful. It's a sure. God's good right. created world and all those things, but. Again, Ecclesiastes are those one-star reviews that helps us set our expectations in the right spot and ask what really does matter. For sure. So I don't know. That just good. Good. That that good. That is. I'm gonna borrow that one. Um, anytime I. I've borrowed stuff from you. So yeah, we've got a <laughs> so we've got a cohort of of sharing here. Yeah. I love that. Any other big picture lessons from Ecclesiastes that you're like, man, that was just something that I'll sit with for a while. Hevel. Hevel. <laughs> hevel, yeah. I thought that was great, too. You know, both services, I asked them to tell me what hevel means, mm-hmm. and, and I think they all... Like, even in the second service, they said all four that I was thinking, yeah. one after the other, without hesitation. So I thought that was good. They, it's a fantastic word picture. Yeah, yeah. That meaningless or vanity just doesn't capture Yeah, no, it, it really doesn't. It doesn't. Um, and, and, I mean, they, they might serve some purposes, sure. but to, to get a full understanding of, of what, what that Hebrew word is um, helps out to understand what the teacher's saying. Yeah. Um, and, and then, of course, people, the way that they responded to to the message, uh, mm. to the sermon series, has been fun mm. fun to see. Um, and so hopefully that'll continue on into into the future. And, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was fun. It's been a, it's been a blast going through that. Yeah, and I like for me, it's always the that that reality of I like the fog imagery mm. um, that I'm living yeah. in a fog. Yeah. And for me, it's it's the reminder that I can't see things yeah. clearly. Right, right. That I have to acknowledge so that yeah. I my perspective is limited because of where I sit. Absolutely. Um, 
and that I one that should I should be real cautious about sitting in judgment mm-hmm. of God because of that. Yeah, yeah. But He lives above right. the fog and yeah. can see everything clearly. For sure. And so it's that's a humble that's been humbling reminder for me. Right. And then I also. Uh, it's just a reminder too that worldly wisdom mm. it, it it really is blind leading the blind. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and so just being mindful <laughs> of that. Right. Um that what this world thinks is right and good. I just I got to remember that that person can't see. Yeah. Um, yeah, they can't see fully. Yeah. And I should be cautious mm-hmm. about you know when they For sure. they might not have run into that pole yet, but it might be coming. <laughs> it's coming at some <laughs> point, right? Um, yeah, bring at least a little bit of humility to our perspective um, is hopefully something that Ecclesiastes can provide to us. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was a fitting conclusion. I, I mean, I'm always cautious about saying that was probably my favorite message I've ever heard you give, but I think it was. Well, I appreciate that. It means um, a lot. And your other ones have been meaningful as well, but well, that one was, I felt you, like you nailed it. appreciate that. So. It was good. Um, enjoyed, and, you know, hey. It, it, it's awesome how each message built on the other, and so we were able to kind of keep this these themes going, and of course, that's how we learn the best, I think, and so... Repetition. Yep. You know, Absolutely. we are creatures of habit. Um, this week, so again, Monday, Thursday, we're doing a Seder experience. Um, that thing's pretty full up. Yeah, 90 so, people that have yeah, RSVP'd, so crazy. if you plan on coming... And you have an RSVP? Probably let us know. Let us know, or else you may not have a seat. But we'd love for you to come. So let we us. We could know. do the triclinium thing. Have people lie on the floor. There you go. Like yeah, they did it I mean the that's how they did it. Yeah. We have to. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. There's so much interesting symbolism <laughs> in the meal. It's gonna be fun to bring oh. that up. Good Friday, we got a community service, Grace Calvary. That's five thirty and seven thirty. Again, you can register online at Good Friday Saint Joe Saint spelled out yep. dot com. Yep. Um, I think there's like you said, sixteen hundred people. Yeah, so, so come come early. If you come at like five twenty or five twenty five, you're gonna have a hard time I'm finding, finding a, a seat. That's I love, so. and I just I don't know. I was I I can't get over how excited I am that churches uh, that are so different so from diff- each other, very different. Yeah, I mean we've got very different. We got Baptists with like hyper charismatics, like all getting together yeah. to proclaim that Jesus died for our sins, yeah. Um, yeah. and conquered sin and death. Yeah, um, together. It's like it's going to be amazing. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to so be th- powerful. Th- I don't know. Thanks to those churches for just being willing to do that. Yeah. I know it's sometimes special to spend that time together as a church, but sure. I think to come together as a Christian community in a city is really cool. Yeah. And so thanks to all those pastors who are willing yeah. to do that too. Yeah, and I'll just throw, throw a shout out to Josh Blevins and mm-hmm. Grace. Uh, I know that extra effort on their part, um, and I might feel like we're cheating a little bit and kind of piggybacking off of them, but they've been very willing to You only have to, to preach five this. minutes. That's right, just five <laughs> minutes, yeah. And really, we, we have to hold ourselves to that so we can do the service and get ready for, for the second service. So it should be fun. And then Easter Sunday, 9, 15, 10, 45, on, here we will celebrate the yeah. resurrection together. So. Look forward to seeing it. Bring bring a friend. Bring someone that maybe has questions or um, someone who's been out of church for a while. Just invite them to join you. What's the worst that, that can happen? Just say, no, I don't want to go. Okay, no. that's fine. So, yeah, we'll look forward to seeing you guys uh, Resurrection Day All right. on the Lord's Day. Have a great Holy Week, and beware of the bears. Grace and peace out. <laughs>